0: To the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'd like to feature a conversation I recently recorded with one of our Executive MBA format students, Connor Lot. Connor is a veteran and a member of our class of 2020, and he and I recently sat down to talk about his MBA journey, what led him to Darden, and his advice for other veterans considering MBA. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Lot. Connor. Welcome to the podcast, Brett. Thanks so much for having me. All right. So tell us just a little bit more about you. Who are you and what is your background? Absolutely. So
1: uh, I'll start with the personal stuff first. So I always go with, you know, title and practice there with clients. Um, so I'm originally from Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, but I do call Washington, D.C. home now. Um, after undergraduate, I commissioned as an infantry officer in the U.S. Army and was fortunate to uh, serve a good portion of my time in the uh, 506 Infantry Regiment of you know, Band of Brothers fame um, as part of the 101st Airborne Division. Uh, I also fell in love with Nashville and Hattie B's Hot Chicken, but that is its own uh, podcast episode. <laughs> um, and I eventually left the Army in 2017, uh, landed a summer internship at the Molly Fool, where I learned a little bit about equity analysis. Um, and then I joined Gartner, uh, which is across the street from our Sands Family Ground campus. Um, I now work in our human capital advisory practice, um, where I focus mostly on uh, the employee experience and also the the future of work. So AI automation, the gig economy, stuff like that. And that's where I am now.
0: Yeah. You, you probably do have one of the shorter, shorter commutes to, uh, those weekend residences. It's not bad
1: at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, um, did you always know that you wanted to pursue an MBA?
1: So I, uh, I majored in political science and history. Uh, so my understanding of disciplines like uh, accounting, finance, operations management was just limited to self-study. And I definitely felt like I needed to um, go back to school and, and I thought like an MBA would provide me the skill sets needed to be a more well-rounded businessman. Um, but really I also missed just being back in a learning environment uh, and being able to you know bounce ideas off my classmates and while working through you know assignments and case studies and so this was the the best of both worlds really.
0: Had Darden always been on, on your radar? I'm always curious. So one of my favorite books
1: is John Meacham's The Art of uh, Power about the biography of Thomas Jefferson, and I've always been admiring uh, of Jefferson's just, you know absolute brilliance, uh, but also that he does have a very complex character. um, so the idea for a long time was to be able to have the opportunity to learn at UVA was something that I've always wanted to to do and really couldn't pass up. Um, but I did, you know, through the the, the narrowing down of, of options in terms of other MBA programs, the, the, the thing that really appealed to, to me about Darden was how they emphasize the kind of experiential side of learning, uh, you know, through case studies, through working actively in learning teams, you know, simulations. I mean, we can all read books we can all sit through lectures i've done that many times but to really i think gain knowledge you need to be able to actually work through situations with your classmates and prove it in a um in a business environment
0: yeah the thing that i always think about is for when people come to our program where they are in their career mm-hmm. what's the skill set that's going to be most helpful for this group of people right so right. they have typically already been technical in their career they've already been the specialists we're taking on more responsibilities, more yeah. people management. Yeah, um, Is that some of the stuff that you thought about? Yeah,
1: that's definitely been, for me, I think it's a little bit of maybe rounding out the technical side of business mm-hmm. when it comes to looking at our firm's finances or understanding uh, you know, the the language of accounting. But um, it's a great mixture of, of poets and quants, as the saying goes, especially within our class. And it's, it's really great to have that kind of uh, dynamic spectrum of, of perspectives. Um, and experience, um, which makes the experience just that much more fulfilling because you can always turn to someone who has a specialized skill set in something, Mm -hmm. but they're looking to round it out with, with another side. So really um, kind of the yin yin and the yang basically.
0: Yeah. And obviously the case method allows you to understand all the backgrounds of the people in the room because you are having these class discussions. So uh, easy segue to our next question. So I, I was struck uh, your class was just here. So a portion of your class was just here for a weekend residency. Uh, yeah. we have some students who are currently in China as yes. we are recording this, which is, which is awesome. Seeing a few pictures on LinkedIn. Very um, jealous. Folks, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am amazed by how quickly people go through this program, right? Yeah. So y'all are already in quarter four and yeah. it feels like you just started. I mean, so our, for those listening at home, it's a 10, two month quarter quarter program. And so quarter four is almost the midpoint. Yep. So how's it been so far? So, you know, without, um, being too dramatic,
1: I mean, the experience has been incredible. Um, I thought that I had some pretty good professors at, during my undergraduate term, but I think the ability and the passion that Darden professors bring to every class has really just blown me away. Um, I mean, I used to definitely, I used to shudder at the idea, idea of taking accounting. i literally was the subject I would have ran away from the quickest, uh, if you would approach me at any other time in my life. But, um, having professors like, uh, Paul Simcoe and Shane Dicoli, like bring, um, into an experience where I could see both its real life application, um, across both large and small enterprises, and then, you know, see how it really is the language of business. That's, you know, that really has made it, uh, something that I'm, I'm now passionate about. And I think my final exam grades will show that I am never going to be a CPA. Um, but it, you know, it it takes to take this more poetic quant person than I, like I am. I'm more of a poet than a quant. I'm fairly positive and help him understand and actually come to love accounting is I think very impressive.
0: Yeah. People are always curious, you know, what's the perspective, like how were you taught accounting or finance to the case method? And, um, the thing that I always come back to is, well, think about how a manager might ultimately try to use this information to make a decision. Yeah. Right. And and that's I, having had some conversations with Paul Simcoe through the years. The thing that he stresses. Right. right. Um, you have to acknowledge the people in the room are going to use this information differently given where they are in their career. Absolutely. I mean,
1: starting at the big picture and understanding where your company is financially and then just bringing it down and down more into maybe how your business unit is doing or, or even your team. If you have P and L responsibility, uh, that's, you know, it, it, the way that they've gone about teaching me a lot of these courses has just been, uh, so realistic and I can see it already applying in my, my job right now.
0: Yeah. It was fun being around uh, for the weekend residency when you were having accounting and, uh, uh, Shane Dacoli's class. All broke into teams. You're working on the uh, case with the with the toy bear,
1: right? Absolutely. So, and part of that uh, case also was not just looking at the financial metrics, but also kind of, in a way, assigning blame for why the company was performing poorly. But that's also looking at the dynamics of human interaction and how you're going to be working with your colleagues in in a you know boardroom setting or a management team meeting, and understanding that. Well, number one, we are a enterprise as a whole that has a responsibility to shareholders, and ultimately we all have to be accountable to um, you know the metrics that we, we've set out um, and the performance in attaining those metrics. Um, and to complement that that uh, toy bear case study, we also delved into things like the balance scorecard about you know how we can assign then um, rewards and or uh, not rewards to people who might be performing according to some of the metrics we've established, but are not also upholding maybe the values of the company. And so that you really have to be able to um, not just look at um, the the pure numbers, but also take into the human aspect of it as well.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think that is probably a great way of explaining sort of the power of the case method, right? The fact that like you're not locked into just talking about one thing you can talk about it's, you know, 60 plus perspectives in that classroom, yes. right? So everybody looks at the case just a little bit different, sees different things.
1: The diversity of thought is, is what makes the class possible. Um, otherwise, I mean, I'm sure, uh, you know, Professor DeColi would be amazing just lecturing to us and I probably would listen to most of it, but uh, having 60 other people in a class and each have a different perspective, oftentimes maybe at odds with mine, makes it that much more, um, you know, enthralling of an experience.
0: Yeah, I was also particularly impressed, I think within the second class meeting he had learned everyone's, everyone's name. name. Everyone's uh, name.
1: That's it. yeah, I I was blown away. I mean, like that's incredible.
0: What a feat to ask everybody to put down their name cards and to be able to go around the room.
1: I don't think I know everyone's name in my class. Maybe I do, but I'm
0: lucky we have name tags. <laughs> <laughs> so, um I'm curious uh Uh, We invited you on the podcast to talk about your program experience, but also to talk about um, recent sort of extracurricular experience you had. So um, you and some of your classmates participated in both the venture capital boot camp as well as a venture capital competition uh, that that the Darden School uh, sponsors and and runs. And so um, I'd love to hear more about that. So uh, let's start sort of high level You know, why did you uh, decide to pursue these, these activities?
1: So I have absolutely no background in venture capital or entrepreneurship. Um, but I was just intrigued by the idea of number one, you know, kind of learning what it is. I mean, I, I, I have a very, uh, I I used to have a very, just like broad notion that venture capitalists were a bunch of probably mostly dudes sitting around in Patagonia quarter zips and, you know, hearing companies pitch them and then seeing if they'd invest or not. But the reality is so much different. Um, and so when these opportunities ap- uh, kind of just uh, appeared for, for us, um, I leapt at the chance to be able to educate myself a little bit, and so did my classmates. And so the, um, the Venture Capital Boot Camp uh, was an event hosted by Darden's um, Batten Institute and also the Cooley LLP law firm. And they provided basically a two-day workshop uh, for students from uh, Darden, from Georgetown, and from uh, Wharton who were interested in opportunities in venture capital or entrepreneurship. And over those two days, we basically did a crash course on the fundamentals of early stage investing, um, digging into the elements of due diligence, uh, deal structures and terms, legal requirements, um, small business strategy and operations, and ultimately the exit strategies that uh, from the perspective of both the VCs and from the entrepreneurs themselves. Um, and what was great is we had real VCs from the most of the DC metro area and founders coming in and to teach us about their firsthand experience. So it wasn't again, just learning via PowerPoint. It was interacting with these real people. Um, and ultimately at the end of the bootcamp, we got to apply all the concepts we'd learned, uh, in a half day case competition in which we, uh, evaluated a real company that was seeking funding on the market. They still, I mean, they, I, I can't, I don't know if they've closed out the round or not, but, um, and so we got to work with them and, and help assign an evaluation and, and you know say, see what funding would provide them. Um, and so after doing that, uh, my classmates and I were like, "That was really interesting. You know what? What else can we do?" That, that, that was great. And so thanks to the help um, to the help of some residential students and with the EVC club members, um, we did uh, were able to get a team entered into. Um, the internal competition to represent Darden at the VCIC, which is the Venture Capital Investment Competition. And the competition featured uh, three Virginia-based companies actively seeking funds, um, pitching to us their business plans, uh, their forecasts, and then we would enter into um, due diligence rounds with each one of those companies uh, and ultimately decide on one venture to pursue or or fund um, while showing the judges who were actual VCs our proposed, uh, term sheet, uh, the reasoning behind it based on our team's financial projections, the uh, pre and post money valuations, uh, and the cap table. And I mean, surprisingly to us at, you know, in my team, we, we made it to the finals. Um, and we basically had to pitch the founder, uh, on what our fund could then bring to the table, uh, beyond our capital. Um, we did not end up getting, um, Re- selected to represent Darden uh, this year. Uh, we will be back next year. Uh, that's great. Uh, but it was definitely a terrific educational experience.
0: Yeah, so much there uh, to talk about. So um, we had NJ Toms, uh, who works for the Batten Institute and is really Director of Education, experiential learning for yeah. for Batten um, on, and she was talking about the VC boot camp, which is you know as you note here in DC, so um, yeah. perhaps a little bit easier for our executive format the students Fincast. to participate in. Um, and she said that the VCs always talk about yes, it's the product or idea, but it's also the team, it's Absolutely. also the group of people, which is a fascinating thing, right? Because I think there's a tendency when you sort of learn, think about entrepreneurship, you're thinking about Oh, well, what's, what are they making? Yep. But it's the people behind that they're ultimately choosing to invest in as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, especially in 2019, capital is everywhere. Uh, getting funding, if your idea is at least remotely feasible, is not out of the, the realm of possibility. But being able to scale that idea with the management team and be able to uh, have true leadership and work with the VC uh, fund that you're with that's where the, the real, I think rubber meets the road and that's what we came to find out. And I think that's also what drove our team to be uh, somewhat successful working together because none of us had any sort of background in venture capital or really um, some of us had been entrepreneurs. My, my classmate David Bean has built and exited a con- company successfully um, so he could bring to the team the perspective of someone who's worked with VC funds, who's worked with, you know, partners and has successfully built a company to scale. Um, And so it really wasn't our math that got us anywhere. It was our personalities and what we could bring to the table as, as executive format MBAs from the experience that we have from our day-to-day jobs while also going to school.
0: So I'm curious, have you always been interested in entrepreneurship or this sort of, this sort of world of startups?
1: I I have literally almost never been interested in entrepreneurship until I came to Darden. I it's uh, I always thought it would just be too risky. I want to be, Um, The guy in a big company uh, that is, you know, contributing to the the company's mission, but having, you know, making a stable and good living and rising the ranks. And I still very much enjoy that uh, for anyone from my company listening, but I am now very much uh, intrigued by the notion of um, working with some of my classmates and just thinking through ideas that that are possible that, you know, have an addressable market and also can make an impact on. our lives and other people's
0: lives. Yeah. I've had the benefit of having, I want to say maybe nine or 10 conversations with people, um, at this point about entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial resources here. Um, and at Darden, uh, the practice is really around an effectuation model. Um, so it's constant questioning, constantly asking the market about product market fit. What do you want from this? And, you know, is right. this product, what, what you're interested in? How can we make this product better? So it's essentially also a de-risking strategy simultaneously because you're getting feedback continuously. on, right. and, and that is, so when people think of entrepreneurship, it, startups, they think of risk, but when you talk to actual, you know, you talk to David Tuvey, you talk to Jason Brewster, you talk to MJ Toms, what they say is, if you're really just working for yourself on an idea that you have, it's actually not that risky, particularly if you are regularly seeking feedback. yeah, the goal is to either fail fast or you know improve your improve your product and find out if there's a market absolutely
1: and you know I mean another appeal of Darden is having the bad Institute there on grounds um or you know also present here uh, in in the d c metro area through events like the v c boot camp and being able to again kind of just have that continuous feedback loop and not being afraid to also just communicate your ideas with your classmates. And they're going to give you some great feedback in the moment, uh, whether it's a very silly idea or it's something that could have, you know, legs underneath it.
0: So sort of part and parcel of the entrepreneurship uh, series that we've been having here on the podcast has been sort of student led initiatives Mm -hmm. uh, around entrepreneurship within the executive MBA program. So we've had pitch nights, we now have an entrepreneur executive MBA entrepreneurship club. Um, they've had a search fund come and speak with students, which is just cool. That's yeah. uh, something that happened with our, with our 2019s. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, you and some of your classmates have now done the VC boot camp and the case competition. So, I'm curious your thoughts about sort of platforms for students and the ability to sort of seek out your own experience here. So I think that
1: from these experiences uh, that I've already just been fortunate to have at Darden, um, one of, the, one of the great things about this school is that regardless if you're a residential or you're an executive format student, every resource is open to you. It's just up to you to make the most of it. Um, and so through institutions like Batten or other clubs like the EVC club or this new executive format entrepreneurship uh, club, you know, it's just about your willingness to step forward and say, I'd like to... Be a part of this even if it's just sitting there and listening and just gaining ideas or actively you know coming up with an idea and working with your classmates um i think those all serve as ter- terrific platforms to be able to just incubate ideas without having to maybe even you know per se take the plunge and, and you know quit your job and, and pursue a venture right away um so it, it, it it's a very uh you know safe contained space to be able to just think and and, and di- have a dialogue with your classmates
0: so obviously, you know, two days of a VC boot camp and uh, case competition, obviously mm-hmm. a lot of learning Absolutely. that happened. Um, when you reflect back on those experiences, is there one or two lessons or maybe like a key takeaway that stands out for you? So uh, I'd say maybe two key takeaways, I suppose,
1: is that, you know, like I said before, I had this conception of what venture capitalists were like, or, you know, what the lifestyle might have been like, but really the reality is that these are are men and women who have to put an incredible amount of, you know, analytical and strategic thought into their potential investments, uh, which includes also the makeup and the character of the founder, the founding team, or the the management team. And they face a lot of risk with the strategic best they're placing, but the outcomes can be Exponential outsides, and very quickly, we had this uh, VC come in. His name was Sean Foote. He's a professor or an adjunct professor at the Haas ha School of Business out of UC Berkeley. And he has formed two separate VC funds, um, you know, has, was a Darden graduate uh, himself. And he put it this way so that when we look at the impact of U.S. venture capital, investments in VC make about 0.25% of GDP. But VC-backed companies comprise 11% of U.S. jobs. They comprise 21% of our GDP, 42% of the public companies on the market, 63% of public companies' market capitalization, and 85% of R&D dollars. I mean, that is truly an outsized impact for how little of a, of a fraction that is, really, you know, in terms of uh, investment. And then also to frame the context of feasibility in my own situation, I'm likely never going to be a venture capitalist. I mean, maybe, you know, Life is long, but not not anytime soon, at least. But these experiences really also help clarify to me just how hard entrepreneurs work to think through their ideas and prove that, you know, they have a strong total addressable market um, or a competitive moat or, you know, strong you know, economics or scalability. I mean, the work that I have to put in, if I ever gend up the courage to launch my own venture, uh, it's that's uh, it's daunting, but it also it helps provide a framework for thought and not just saying, well this is my million dollar idea. And you know, I'm just going to go find someone to pitch it to. Um, it's easy to sit across the table when you're play acting VC and question someone's idea. It's way hard to go out there and
0: prove it can be done. Mm -hmm. So reflecting a little bit on, on your roughly seven months or so, and I'm trying to count quickly in my mind, (laughs) uh, seven months or so in the program. Um, what has been the most surprising thing about the experience so far?
1: I think, well, number one, how little I knew coming in, uh, it, it, uh, really showed how, uh, how much my lack of knowledge was, but it, especially compared to my classmates, but it's been so amazing just learning from my classmates, their backgrounds and how deep their experience and in intelligence runs. And mostly it's, it's being able to talk with them outside of class about not just the case study that we were you know working on with the professor, but also about, you know, the ideas we have about business and politics and life, uh, and being able to, uh, create connections that I think will be lifelong. Um, I, I, I certainly hope so. Um, and I didn't, I, I guess maybe when I came into this format of a program, I thought that, yes, I'd make some friends and have some colleagues, but uh, I, I had no idea that these ties could be so, so deep um, through the shared learning experiences. Um, and
0: then, you know, seeing myself working with them for, for years to come. So Connor, it wasn't so long ago that you were a prospective student. Um, Feels like yesterday. So, thinking back on on that version of you, or thinking about the prospective students listening to this podcast, uh, what what advice would you have? Um, what would you share with them?
1: So, I actually just recently met with a friend of mine who is considering, uh, among other schools, coming to Darden and looking at you know whether it's full time or or MBA format. And I told him that while you know, there may be, uh, you know, he may have other interests, or whatever, but if, if he was looking at just exploring a passion or an interest that Darden is, a, is especially the right place to, to, to go to, um, because if there's something that you're interested in, I mean, just raise your hand and ask to do it. Uh, we are um, this. We are one community. We're a, a, you know, a family of, of learners and, and educators. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're pro- full time, part time, whatever time. Um, I, I think a lot of perspective and buzz might think, well, I'm too busy with work and school and life in any way, these things just aren't for me. I, I'm just here to learn. And I would agree we all are extremely busy, many more than I am. But if you have an interest or a passion, I guess, why would you not pursue learning more about it? Um, Darden is what you make of it. And I fully intend to uh, capitalize on every opportunity that I can while I'm here.
0: Yeah, it's such a good point. Because, um, you know, having talked with some full-time residential students, obviously I've talked with a number of executive format students, This whole school is designed around the student experience. And that is true for our executive format students. Um, And all you have to do is say, hey, I'm passionate about this thing. Or I want to join this club or start this club. Or can I participate in this activity? It may not necessarily always be on the timeline that you imagine. Um, I think about something like Startup Academy. So Startup Academy, for those who are Unfamiliar with this is a uh, is a sort of a boot camp like program. It takes place in the summer. It's for people who are thinking about starting a business, maybe sort of early stage interest uh, entrepreneurs, and it's just sort of a primer on how to do that. It occurs in in the summer. Our executive format students are unable to participate in it, you know, prior to their first year, but you can absolutely come back around to it. You know, as you're sort of in between your first and second year, you're in, you know, quarters, uh, doing the math five and five and six. Sounds right. And, um, you know, that we've had executive format students do it. So, um, all you have to do is be willing to say, look, I want to take a few days. I want to go down to Charlottesville. It's important to me. Yeah. I'm prioritizing this. Right.
1: I get all the emails that everyone else gets and I have tried to get to every event that I can, um, There's a angel investing club that meets, uh, right in this building, uh, that I found out about via an email through the alumni network. I've been to meetings now. I, again, I'm not an angel investor, but I'm something I'm interested in. And I like being able to meet with, uh, my fellow alums. Um, so yeah, the the
0: resources are out there for everyone. Um, that makes it a really, truly great experience. And there's also this thing about, you know, when you're a student, Just having access to all these things, you'll have access to stuff as a loan, Uh, but it's not quite the same, right? right? So why not seize upon these opportunities now? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And I I look forward, again, uh, to um, doing
0: as many things as I can while I'm still here in the class of 2020. Well, we look forward to hearing about that comment. So, um, well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share a little bit more about your, your VC bootcamp experience and your program experience. Brett, thanks so much for having me. This was a wonderful time. And that was my conversation with Connor Lott, an executive MBA format student in our class of 2020. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at Darden, da Virginia, da edu. Until next time, thanks for listening.